As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, welcome back to a special edition of The Audible. Uh... The Colin Kaepernick story has gotten a ton of attention, and I'll be honest, uh, Stu and I usually say on the, on the podcast, we usually try to stay away from politics, and I've, this story has definitely some political overtones, certainly. Uh, I'll be honest, I felt like I had seen a lot of things that I just thought were really irresponsible and reckless and just, just kind of uh, off-base and very, very negative and about in the wake of the Kaepernick story. Uh, and then I read on Tuesday night, I saw on my Twitter feed a piece by uh, former Texas long snapper and former Seattle Seahawk, Nate Boyer, uh, who's a Green Beret. And I thought the tone of what he wrote for the Army Times was just very, very... Uh, just very thoughtful, and I thought his perspective was was very, very powerful, and I wanted to share it with people online, and I wanted to have Nate on, and he was gracious enough to join me. So, Nate, thanks for joining me on the Audible today. Of course. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm not a... I don't get into politics too much myself, so this is sort of also a new ground. I don't know if it's even considered politics, though, in a sense, just because it's a... I don't know. It's just like a, it's a topic. It's a national issue and topic. I, when I think politics, I think of <laughs> who's running for president. I'm, we're not getting into that. I, I hope. No, we're, <laughs> we're, we're not. Um, so the, t- the story, the story is titled "An Open Letter to Colin Kaepernick from a Green Beret Turn Long Snapper." Uh, and like I said, it ran on ArmyTimes.com. It is all over social media. Uh, I will definitely include a link to this. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You start out by talking about. You know a connection you have to Colin Kaepernick, and even including a uh, an autographed football that you your your dad I think got in, in an auction where Colin's inscription is "God bless our troops." So why don't you pick it up from there? Yeah, so you know I I, uh, I went to the University of Texas, and, and my first year there was just after Colt McCoy's senior season. So me and Colt, uh, or Colt and I, I should say, uh, became friends. And uh, when he was playing with the Niners, he was a backup uh, for Kaepernick. And I, I, I was I worked with a few different uh, you know veteran service organizations and charities, and we were having an event with one of the student organizations 
auctions at University of Texas, and we were looking for an auction item. So I hit cold up, and I said, hey, brother, um, is there any way you could sign a, a, one of those salute-to-service footballs for us? And he goes, yeah, do you want uh, do you want Kaepernick to sign it too? He's like a he, – he's, you know, he's a big supporter of the military. I was like, yeah, that would be amazing. So he did. He signed it, and he sent it out to us, and then – it turned out my dad, since we're Niners fans, I, you know, we grew up in the Bay Area, uh, my dad ended up being the highest bidder. So that football now sits at our at my parents' home in the in the Bay Area, and it you know it says "God bless our troops," signed by Colin Kaepernick uh, and Colt. So um, I, I've been a fan of his even before that when I first started watching him in the preseason. But especially once I got that from him, I was just like, you know, uh, already a Niner fan, but now a big Kaepernick fan. Yeah, I'm going to read some of this over the course of our conversation that of, of your of your piece. Uh, I am in no way political, but I am proud we ha- that we have an African American president and that I got to serve under him. Overcoming racism at home is a slow process, and we still have a long way to go. But most of us are trying. That's what sets us apart from so many other places in this country. No matter who you are, where you come from, what color you are, you can try. So the the thing I said, you know, really stuck with me was it was overwhelmingly positive and it was like, okay, where do we go with this dialogue? So I, I imagine you probably saw some of the, I want to say like almost like a backlash to the backlash of the, of the fallout of the Colin Kaepernick story. From your perspective, wh- what did you see after Colin Kaepernick? You know, goes to and talks on NFL uh, Network and says, "You know, this is why I don't stand for our national anthem." Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm just like everybody else in the world. Uh, as as human beings, we have a problem uh, with judging people. It's just who we are. It's what we do, and we can't help that. And you know, the minute we see something happen, no matter what it is, we immediately make judgments, make judgments about it, and decisions about who that person is, why they did that. And I fell in that category as well. As soon as I saw it, I mean, initially I'm just like, oh, that's so disrespectful. How could you do that? Well, you know, without just trying to put myself uh, in, in his uh, in his shoes for a second and just take it, take it, take it in as far as the, the perspective that, that I, I don't know where he's coming from exactly, and I don't know why he's doing it yet. So just calm down, you know, and I think a lot of people in our country just jumped on this thing. You know, people love to uh, – to People don't get mad. Their opinions, but express a lot of anger. It seems like it seems yeah. like that's just a common thing. And, and why? Not so much what can we do to fix it, but why are you wrong and why am I right? And that seems like to be the most important thing. And it's not going to ever fix anything. It's not going to get us anywhere except divide us even more. And um, you know, this was something that that he he believed. Uh, was the right thing to do, and, and and for the right reasons, and I respect, uh, I respect that decision. Now that I've sort of calmed down and just, you know, tried to listen, uh, I, I I still may not totally agree with that action, but from where he's coming from, I mean, I, I can't I can't judge him, you know. It, it, it's uh, I I grew up uh, white my whole life, <laughs> and so I only know what it's like to be me and how I grew up. I don't know what it's like to be anybody else, no matter what color they are.
Yeah, I thought, you know, and this this story with Kaepernick was another example of it, but I just see, you know, on social media, I feel like people are looking for reasons to be outraged. And I think what you said, you know, very well a minute ago was just that people look to poke holes in something if they disagree with it and say, okay, this is why this guy's wrong, and they immediately dismiss everything. Um, you know, from my own perspective, I remember being a little kid and we had, you know, my dad was in the Navy. And when I was a little kid, I walked by this picture of him in uniform, you know, and it's actually, it's the one picture I remember of him. You know, he's been gone for 25 years. He's passed away, but you know, that's what stayed with me. And I think we have, I want to say most of us, I don't know if it's all of us, but have such a feeling of reverence for what our military means. And, you know, I don't want to get into specifics on, you know, where the First Amendment is to, to each of us. But I think what, what you hit on is very important, which is trying to understand other people. And, okay, I, maybe I don't, I don't think that this was the, the, the ideal way to call attention to it, but there is a dialogue there. And rather than talking at each other, you know, it, I felt like what resonated with me and, you know, I retweeted this and I saw so many, I can't say that all the comments were positive, but the majority of them were, cause I think people want to feel like we're moving in the right direction. And this isn't about what you did. Wasn't a clickbait story. And I feel like a lot of times that, you know, this term hot takes, you know, comes up and a lot of people just throw their stuff out there. I mean, so I'd ask you, like, what's the next step here that you think could be a positive step going forward? Oh, man, I wish I had the answer for that. I mean, I uh, uh, clearly it wouldn't be an issue if there were an easy answer. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I like I said in the letter, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that finally, you know, had a, a person of color be our commander-in-chief, be my commander-in-chief, and I was proud to serve under him. And I didn't necessarily agree with everything that he said or did, you know, but I, I don't agree with everything that George Bush did and any other president for that matter. Uh, you know, I, the thing is, you talked about being right, you know, and that's what is right. Like, everyone's morality is, is different, and... You know, we're, we're, we're never going to fully agree on anything. And unfortunately, as, as, as much as I hate to say this, it's a fact, and everyone knows that racism will exist for eternity, as long as the human race is a human race. And, uh, and I mean, that, that really sucks, you know. But I will say this, um, the fact that we're able to express our opinions and stand up or sit down for what we believe in, um, you know, in other countries – you get your head cut off for that stuff. You know, not every other country, obviously, but there's places in the world where oppression like that exists. I spent time in the Darfur um, during the genocide, even before I joined the military, and, and saw some some horrible things, you know, done to completely innocent people that should have the same rights that we have. Um, so yes, like we are not perfect. We need to continue to take these steps, but. It's never going to be perfect, and, and, and no one's ever going to, you know, as, as a whole, the, the country's never going to completely understand each other, <laughs> and we just have to accept that somehow. We have to accept that we're different and that we believe different things and, you know, come from a place of love and not hate, and uh, as much as we can anyway, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep pushing that ball uh, towards the goal line, and, uh, yeah, we may never score, but, uh, you know, we, we have to... Um, continue to progress and evolve and develop 
and uh, you know educate ourselves in in all ways you know and uh, as far as different religions and different political beliefs and everything and just try to understand that's the best we can do from after coming out of the military and then going to UT and I know uh, there's been a lot of good Nate Boyer stories both on TV I remember you know see, reading your stuff in MMQB um and I feel like there's there's just there's a lot of material there. Do you feel like because of your experiences now, and and we're going to get into in a second some of the some of the stuff you're doing as well. But do you feel like there's an obligation because of the experiences and the platform you have to to help take more of a leadership in in some of the things that are going on out there now? Um, you know, I, I don't know if I see it as an obligation, um, but. You know, I, I, see, I, I see it as an opportunity to at least try and represent, um, you know, the, the veteran community in, in, in some way. Um, because, you know, honestly, much like, uh, much like people of color, I think we're categorized, categorized a lot uh, as, you know, oh, because we wore the uniform, we believe a certain thing and we think a certain way. And that's not true. <laughs> the, the military is just as diverse uh, in thinking and in, you know, physical characteristics as the rest of the country. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to, to keep an open mind and whatever is on my heart, whatever I truly believe, uh, express that as honestly as I possibly can. Because if I'm coming from any other place where I'm trying to uh, manipulate or I'm trying to, you know, get somebody to like me or prove, a, you know, prove some point, it's not going to come across uh it's not going to come across as well, but if I just say what's on my mind, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, um, and, and, and tell you about what I've experienced and what I've learned and what I'm trying to understand and trying to learn, uh, I think people can relate to that a lot more. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't think it's an obligation, but um, I definitely feel um, – I definitely feel uh, – what's the word? Just – inspired to do it, you know, to speak out sometimes, uh, and not all the time, <laughs> but certain issues, you know, I, I just, I, I want to let people know how I feel about it and where I'm coming from. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely thank you for that because again, your, your background is, is, is unique, your experiences. And I think the things that shaped you and, and, and everything is, is, is something that, is inspiring to, to a lot of people. Um, and there's a lot of wisdom in there. I say this as somebody who's older than you, but that doesn't mean, you know, like you've done a lot of living in that time. Uh, while I got you, uh, my colleague Jay Glazer and you have a very interesting project you guys have been working on together. And why don't you fill some people in about what you guys are doing and, and the impact you feel like it's making.
you're done playing or you're done serving, you know, you, you're losing that camaraderie. You're losing that brotherhood, that locker room, that team room, um, that purpose, you know, and, and your identity. And it can be a scary time, you know, and there's a lot of guys uh, and gals that are, that are struggling right now and hurting. And um, so one of the main things we've started doing to MDP is not just bringing these, these guys together and sort of, uh, you know, they have that mutual respect for each other, but sort of building those relationships. But also, you know, we do something as simple as, as training the guys. Um, you know, Jazer, uh, Jazer, Glazer's got a, a gym here in Hollywood called the Unbreakable Performance Center. And it's a high-end gym with very elite athletes and celebrities that come to this thing. But he opens the doors uh, every week to, you know, not just veterans, but a lot of these folks are, are homeless veterans uh, that live, you know, in a, in a shelter on East Sunset Boulevard. And uh, they come out and they train with us. And we got we get, you know, NFL current players in their offseason are out here training with them. We get people like Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell and these other UFC fighters that will come in and literally train them. And, you know, we worked out together, we sweat together, we laugh together, and then we sit down on, on the wrestling mats afterwards and we just talk and we just let everybody, you know, vent if they got to vent and, and talk about how their journey is coming along, you know, the struggles, the triumphs, all that stuff, and we just listen, you know, and then – we coach them up and we try to push them forward, uh, you know, to that, to that next phase and finding purpose again and challenging themselves again and believing in themselves because, you know, something that, that, that Jay always talks about is like, look, I can never, I could never put myself in your shoes and, and understand, you know, what you've done. But I'll tell you this, like you have, uh, you've already accomplished so much by surviving and, and making it to where you're at now. And the best way, you know, to honor those that have, that have passed away before you is by the way you live your life now, you know, and uh, and that's sort of the long answer. But that is what MVP is all about, and I'm uh, I'm really proud to be a part of it. And if, if people want to check it out, just go to vetsandplayers.org, and uh, you know if they want to support us uh, or, or donate and, and you know whatever. Uh, it's just uh, I'm really proud to be a part of it. It means a lot to me. And you've also now been involved, uh, former uh, UVA great Chris Long, and you have partnered up. So tell people a little more about what the Water Boys Project is. Yeah, so so, so Water Boys was started by Chris uh, a couple years ago. And basically, in the simplest form, it's a clean water project for people in Tanzania. And he's trying to um, help get some more clean water wells put in the ground for these folks. You know, these are the Maasai warriors that, you know, live out in – um, in rural Tanzania and are, you know, farmers and, and, and herders, and, uh, and they don't have access to clean water. It's such a beautiful country, beautiful place, and beautiful people, and, you know, they don't have those simple essentials that we have here. You know, we do have problems in our country like we've talked about earlier, but, you know, those are bigger problems, in my opinion, because it's life and death, immediate life and death situations. And, uh, so I started, within Waterboys, I started uh, an initiative called Conquering Kelly, and Kelly stands for Kilimanjaro. And basically, I went out last February uh, with a single-leg amputee to go attempt to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and we raised a bunch of money for these clean water wells in the process. While he didn't finish the climbing, he had some issues with his uh, prosthetic leg. He's an above-the-knee amputee, so it's a, it was a, amazing that he even attempted. Um, but I was able to finish, you know, and I got to that top, and I... And, 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 and came down, and we raised uh, we raised over one hundred twenty 
were there to, to visit with the villagers and see the wells dedicated and see them break ground on this stuff and uh, spend time with them and how grateful they were, you know, especially the kids. It's unbelievable, uh, that feeling. And, uh, you know, that's just, it kind of ties into MVP in some ways because, you know, us veterans, we need another mission. We need uh, to fight for something again, uh, not necessarily with a gun in our hand, but, I mean, that's instilled in us now, that service. And so that's what the Conquering Killian Initiative is for me, as well as MVP, um, is finding something to fight for again. And uh, and doing it alongside uh, veterans is is very enjoyable to me because I love to see them uh, come alive again and, uh, you know, and execute a mission. <laughs> Essentially, uh, just one last thing on on your your story and Army Times. How much were you were you at all surprised at the reaction you've gotten? Yeah, I, I was. Um, I, I knew, I was, and I even put it in the letter. I knew I was going to catch uh, catch some flack for it. I, I mean, anytime you have an opinion about anything, uh, there's plenty of haters out there, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, but you know what? I don't care. You know. I, uh, the fear of failure is is gone now with Nate Boyer, and so um, you know I'm okay putting myself out there because uh, I don't know. I just it, at the end of the day we're all dying, and uh, uh, you can spend your time being upset with everything and angry about everything, or you can spend your time trying to to understand and trying to get things fixed. And I'd rather spend my time doing that. Um, but there was a ton of positive uh, reaction, more than I thought I would I would get. To be completely honest. Uh, and I had, you know, I had people like, uh, you know, Lance Armstrong reach out to me, you know, and to tell me what, uh, how powerful that was to him and what it meant to him and that, like, I mean, that kind of stuff blew me away. And not just famous people, uh, everybody, everybody that, that supported me and said that. And, you know, I noticed on my Twitter feed, uh, a lot of, you know, black faces on profile pictures and that, uh, you know, voicing support to what I was saying. And that meant a lot. And I'm not trying to just, I'm not trying to win over the African-American community. I'm just trying to speak my mind. Um, but I'm glad that I at least, with some of those people, I at least captured what they were, what they were feeling, what they were thinking, and, and uh, some of that understanding. And that, I mean, it, it meant the world to me, the world to me. And, uh, you know, and I appreciate you, uh, you supporting uh, what, what I had to say and, uh, and a lot of people in your industry because I know that can be polarizing as well when you work in media. It's tough, like you, you say, you don't get into politics very often. So, uh, anyway, it was, uh, yes, it was very surprising. This thing blew up, you know, kind of overnight. I just thought, I just was blown up. I just thought it was in, extremely positive, and that's the stuff I think we need. I mean, it actually, I saw it not long after. I don't know if you saw the, the there was a Facebook post about Travis Rudolph. He's a receiver at Florida State, and he was visiting a local school. And the mom of a of a young autistic boy talked about how every day her her son usually ends up sitting and eating lunch alone. And there's this picture of Travis, who's a really good player, you know, at FSU, sitting down at the table and engaging this kid and talking to him and finding out his story. And it's heartwarming. And it's like, and and these things go viral, I think, because there's a lot of us. I'm not saying everybody, but there's a lot of people out here who are like. We just kind of get sick of hearing all the negative news, and a lot of it becomes then divisive because people pounce on and they just, you know, I don't know if they're miserable in their own lives. And I'm not saying it's all, you know, ill intention stuff, but I think people are, they want to see positive and they're hungry for it. And then when right. somebody hits a, hits a note like that, like you did, and it felt genuine, um, 
you know, uh, you, you want to embrace it and you feel good about it. I mean, I read your, I, you know, it's not like it was like a two sentence thing. I read the whole thing out loud to my wife as she like, you know, after she put our kids down just because, you know, I thought it was very impactful and I thought, again, it was just an understanding piece. So, um, hats off to you for all you're doing, not just obviously this, but all the other things. Um, I would encourage people uh, to follow Nate on Twitter. It's NateBoyer37. Um, you can check out his website, just NateBoyer.com, where you will be uh, inspired and certainly humbled by his his story and all he's done and doing. So, Nate, I, I really appreciate you taking some time because I know you, you've been very, very busy. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, I really appreciate 